You are Locked On NC State, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. And this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And, you know, Bet Online is great and all that good stuff. But I, one thing that I'm not sure anybody could have predicted was Tommy White being walked in his first ever college series, intentionally walked now. In his first ever college series, yes, he was the number one third baseman in all of uh, in all of was it high school or prep prep yeah, baseball? High school, yeah. Okay, high school baseball last year, but who we? That kid is something special. And as you heard, just corrected me there, which he he always does because he's the baseball guy. That's that's what he's here for. Okay, if if you hear the voice, you know he's here for baseball. But anyway. Uh, Alex Sawyer is in the building as always, and, and you know, it's great to have you, man. It really and truly is. Um, we're going to talk about that that uh, baseball series. We're going to talk about the women's team uh, winning the ACC outright for the first time since before you or I were born. And me and him are not old guys, but, I mean, we're old enough. And um, <laughs> we're also going to talk about uh, which unit concerns you the most and the least on the football team for the upcoming year. Does that sound good to you? Sounds great. All right, so first of all, how you been since the last time you've been on? How's, how's everything going? Good, good. We got baseball back, so, you know, I'm good. Absolutely, absolutely. I have never, and I, and I mean this very genuinely, I have never seen anybody as excited for college baseball <laughs> as Alex Hoyer. Like, I, I've literally never seen it. And with that being said, there's a lot of reason for excitement around this uh, NC State baseball team, okay? So the the first and probably largest reason after this weekend is Tommy White delivered on everything he was supposed to be. Talk about his performance and what? What was it, three home runs, five? What was it? He had five this weekend. He had five. three. So this is a freshman. Lord this Jesus. Freshman. Lord, that's filthy. That's filthy. 18, 18 years old, maybe 19, I don't know. Coming in and first first collegiate game, Friday night, three home runs. Five for six, three home runs. Follows that up Saturday with a grand slam. Follows that up Sunday with another home run and a two for four performance. So just, I mean, one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen in sports. Just someone that young coming in and, and doing that. And they're, they're tanks too. I mean, he has hit, he hit all five to center field and like deep center field. Wow. That that my friends is I I'm 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 hearing this and it's still hard to believe that a freshman came in and, and does this. And I mean, don't get me wrong, right? He is not he is not like built like Pablo Sandoval or anything, but he does not he's not like Aaron Judge either, where you look at him and you're like, oh yeah. Anything his bat touches is flying out of the flying out of the uh the stadium, and yet here he is. Here he is, just just destroying everything that he he touched. Was this, this was this something you saw coming, or was this something that you're like, no, this is never in a million years could I see expect this out of him? No, nah, I mean, tell me why it was exciting coming in. I mean, he's a big dude, like six foot two forty two as a freshman, 
and like you knew the power was there he's a under armor all-american last year and he won the like under armor home run derby for like all of the high schoolers together so like you know the power's there it becomes like oh can he hit college pitching and they're playing evansville but still the guy they've played friday that he hit two of his home runs off is a guy that is a really good college pitcher is like the preseason college pitcher of the year in that conference um and he just comes in and hits three home runs and then a grand slam and then another home run it's just it was so much fun this weekend watching that because it just like it really was like on the edge of your seat every single time he came up to the plate like oh tommy white's up the attention's there and i I mean again that's a freshman in his first collegiate series i mean five home run you you're darn right you're i'll be on the edge of my seat too after number one you're like oh wow he's pretty good after number two you're like oh hold on now this is when's the last time this has happened actually have we ever had a freshman hit three homers in their first ever game so, no, certainly not. I don't know for a fact. He's the first NC State player to hit three home runs in a game since I believe it was 2010 was the last time that happened. And that's any player in any game. Right, right. Any any player, any grade, any year, any, um, yeah. any game. Okay. So, now, outside of Tommy White, okay, tell me, give me a rundown of what happened this weekend as far as uh, NC State baseball versus Evansville. Tell me how everything went. Yeah, no, there's a lot from NC State in this series. Pretty much everyone hit. I mean, the scores, it was 24-6 to and then 6-4 to and then 7 nothing. And everyone that was in the lineup had a few hits at least. Um, and some of the newcomers, not to be overshadowed in that first game, Dom Palali, who's a sophomore transfer from Charlotte, had two home runs and a double in his first game with NC State. Mm-hmm. You had Josh Hood, a transfer, had three hits in that game. Peyton Green's a freshman, had two hits in that game and had another hit today. So everyone kind of hit, and you had this nine that played all three games that was three returners, three freshmen, three transfers, which is obviously a very interesting thing. And they all hit, and they hit well, and that was a lot of fun. And then the pitching was really good. Um, Sam Heifel, Matt Willitson, you kind of knew what you were going to get from them. Absolutely. Last year. But then today, I was really, really impressed with David Harrison, who – if you're an NC State fan, you know the name. He's been around for a long time. Has missed most of the last two seasons, obviously 2020 with the COVID shortening the season. And then last year, there was some off-field stuff that caused him to miss pretty much everything after the beginning of March. But he's a veteran guy, and he's one of the guys that is kind of in contention for that third weekend starting spot. And he was really, really good today. Six innings, four hits, no runs. Um, so all around, just pretty much everything you could have asked for from an opening series, just everyone hitting, the pitching looking good, which college baseball pitching in the first week of the year is pretty bad. Right, <laughs> like that's, right. You see high scores because the pitchers are the ones that generally aren't finding their command. So good things to see all around for, for a team that is so young and fresh and new. Oh, I, I remember last year around this time, we were seeing ridiculously high scores from both sides. I remember we saw – what was it like a a, a sixteen to twelve game open the weekend last year? What was it? It was something yeah, crazy yeah, like they, that last year. It, you know, to to see again to see this team uh, come out and dominate a team that they of course should dominate to some degree, but still to see this is is vital because again last year it was not this clean of a domination in our um, in our season opening series. So you know, it's I'm never gonna complain about it. I'm never going to complain about it, right? Our first series against uh, VMI was canceled last year, and then we beat Davidson uh, 13-3, 6-4, and then we lost to UNCG 
13 16. That was the game. That was the game that I was referencing. Yeah, so that was the one. But anyway, um, it's it's amazing to see that, like you said, our pitchers are finding their command this early. But let me let me ask you this. What is the outlook on this team for this season? Because we're America's team now, apparently. And so, uh, what is the outlook for America's team? And don't give people false hope as if they're the Cowboys. Go. Um, no, it's incredibly high. Um, it, it's a different lineup. You lose so much from last year's team, but you bring in guys like Tommy White and Peyton Green and Jacob Kozar, Josh Hood, Don Palali, who had two home runs. And so there's so much talent here that, like, I've said this a couple times that um, on paper, I think the talent might be better this year than it was last. I'm not saying these guys are going to perform better consistently because you had so many veterans last year that were playing kind of to their peak. Right, But from a pure talent standpoint, this team is exceptional. And, and you look even national people like Baseball America had in their preseason like bracketology thing, NC State as a host. And I think that is the outlook. So, you know, you're going to have some slumps because you do have a young team, and that's something you need to expect. But there's no reason to believe that this is a team that can't compete for the ACC, can't compete to host a regional and go far in the tournament again because the talent's completely there. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes being young, especially late, is a good thing for the reason that sometimes if you're having one of those special seasons, older guys have a sense of the gravity of the moment. Like they have a sense of that. And sometimes they tighten up. They grip that bat a little tighter. They, you know, they want to they want to squeeze the ball a little tighter and they relay throws and all that. Young guys are just oblivious to it all, and they're just like, this is what all I've known. This is what it is. And they, they go out there, play loose, they have fun, and who knows? Who knows what could happen when you've got that type of situation. I'm betting on this team to do some good things this year, and I, I think that you would agree. And if you're a better, go to betonline.net. Football might be over, but basketball season's in full steam for both pro and college hoops. For all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. So make sure you head on over to BetOnline.net where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Alrighty, Alec. Another thing that you and I covered together. Pack women's basketball. Mm-hmm. And while we were there, we, we came in. Our ending was the beginning of, I mean, all Westmore needs is a championship to seal this word. But I'm going to throw it out there anyway. This potential budding dynasty that... Westmore has rolling. Okay. We we came in toward the, the the beginning of that. Or we our ending was our graduating was at the beginning of that. We saw the winningest players in NC State have their senior day today. We saw an absolute domination of a Syracuse team that I mean, hey, let's be honest, they came into the game really, 
But NC State did what they were supposed to do and beat them 95 to 53. So tell me what this game means. And oh, by the way, this game gave them their first outright ACC regular season championship since 1990. Again, Alec and I were not crawling around somewhere. We did not exist yet. Okay. And both of us are old enough to rent cars. So we're cool guys now. But with that being said, um, tell me what this game means to this team and, and, and the larger picture of everything going forward. Yeah. It meant everything and kind of in a cool way. Cause you, you never know what to expect from a team. It's like, oh, you can win the regular season title. And people might be like, yeah, we don't care about that. This team cared. And Westmore said, you know, last week we were at Duke and talking to him post game, and he was talking about how much it would mean for him and for this team to win a regular season championship because it's something they haven't done. And he was talking about how much it, he wanted that for his players so they could come back in years. And yes, they have the ACC titles, but it'd be like, this is the team that won the ACC regular season title too and get honored and the fans that are there every game. And so he talked a lot about that. I go back to Charlotte at the beginning of the season when we were in Charlotte for ACC tip-off, um, talking to Kayla Jones and Elisa Kunan, and Kayla told us straight up, one of our big goals this year is winning the regular season title. We've won ACC championships in the tournament the last two years, but Louisville's won the regular season. We don't want to split with them. We want to win both. And so it was a clear goal from the beginning of the season, something to think about. It's something Westport talked about last week as being truly meaningful. And, and it's a big deal. Like, it's, it's, it's important, and it's, it matters a lot, and it's a banner that you get to hang in Reynolds. And like you said, it's a budding dynasty here, and this is, was kind of the, the thing they hadn't gotten yet in terms of an ACC level. So it, it means everything to, to the team, and that's really cool because especially with this senior class, like you said, you have – you know, three players that have been around for a long time, Rana Perez, who who is mental in her two seasons, and, you know, you get Kai Crutchfield and Kayla Jones to come back for one more year. I think for both of them, winning a regular season title was one of the reasons they wanted to come back. Obviously, there's a lot more they want to do in the tournament because they haven't made it past the Sweet 16, and certainly the, the talent and expectation for them is to make it to the Final Four. It, this was a part of their you know, what they wanted for this legacy. So it's, it's cool to, that they were able to wrap that up today. Absolutely. And, and let me tell you a very interesting thing about this game that, to me, means a lot to this team, okay? We talk – people can talk at nauseum about NC State shooting, and rightfully so, because these ladies are absolute marksmen from deep, okay? There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. However – in this 42-point victory, we shot 21.7% uh, from deep. We could not throw a rock in the ocean beyond that first quarter. The first quarter, we came out hot. We were hot as fish grease. Everything that we threw up was going in. After that, there were some struggles as far as, you know, um, as far as making the deep, knocking down the deep ball, and we still were able to dominate this game. Yes, there was an 11-0 stretch by Syracuse in the second quarter, I want to say. But even at the back end of that, we were still up like 15. Like that, the, the reality of what this team is, is a team that finds ways to win basketball games. Finds ways to dominate basketball games. For your team to be able to go out and not only have a situation where, um, you know, you shoot poorly and you still win the game. But also have a situation where you don't do a great job of turning over your opponent. 
Syracuse did a great job of taking care of the ball today. Only had seven turnovers. But you know what did happen? We forced a lot of terrible shots. And granted, some of that was helped by Syracuse's players throwing up logo threes like they were Steph Curry or something. But, you know, it, it, the, the fact of the matter still remains. This was a packed house. This was a sellout. The, the atmosphere was there. The seniors, they did their thing. They played really good ball today. And, again, first regular season championship. And then you've got Virginia Tech. And then you've got the ACC tournament. This team... I, I think they're they're destined for something special. I do. I do. Because there have been so many plays this year. Um, and I want to say it was, yeah, it was against Wake Forest, actually. It was last game. There was a steal where Kai Crutchfield dove out of bounds. to Well, didn't dive out of bounds. But she was going out of bounds. Put her body on the line to save it to Kayla Jones. Kayla Jones, um, Kayla Jones obviously gets the ball. And, and they go out for an easy two. Uh, in the fa- in transition, but they were up like 20 at that time. That's the type of stuff that teams that go deep do because it's not about the scoreboard. It's not about like, oh, we're up so much, we can take it easy now. It's about am I doing things the right way? Am I doing this against Syracuse like I would do it against South Carolina, like I would do it against Stanford, like I would do it against uh, Arizona, like I would do it against Louisville? That's when you when you really get to a special place as a team, and I think that this team has hit that level. Yeah, they. That's well put. I think that like the 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 effort is there. That's not something you question. You said winning in different ways. It's funny. Um, against Blake Forest, the thing Westmore was not happy about in a game where NC State just blew the Demon Deacons out of the building was the rebounding. NC State out rebounded Syracuse fifty nine to twenty seven today, <laughs> and so like it, it's their ability to do everything right, and like you said, they find ways to win, and that's not like a oh well they'll find ways to win. Like they are dominant enough and can be dominant enough in any facet of the game that if they're not shooting threes well, well they can get the ball inside, mm-hmm. they can rebound against anyone, and you know they they've been very good the last couple of years, and it's been the Sweet Sixteen exits, but like this team is like has final four written all over it. And I, I think that has to be the expectation. And I think that certainly it's, it's very realistic. Oh, absolutely. Rightfully so. I mean, think about it this way. You're looking at a situation where you're, you've got a team where a 1000 point score may not be your second or third best player. Actually, you have multiple thousand point scores on this team. And they may not be your best or second best player in Kayla Jones and Raina Perez. And then you've got an absolute dynamo that we know if she stays healthy, she's going to get to that uh, score mark in Diamond Johnson. And then you have a player that honestly, in terms of versatility when it comes to filling filling it up, Jakea Brown-Turner may not be matched by anybody on this team, but very few in this country can score in as many different ways as she does efficiently, of course. And then you look at Kai Crutchfield, the definition of of 3 and D. If Bruce Bowen had a daughter that turned out exactly like him, just tough (laughs) pit bull defense, stands out on the perimeter, and is going to knock down everything that comes her way and can put it on the floor a little bit, there she is. So, and and I haven't even mentioned the All-American. This team 
this team has the makings of doing something special. And again, they're going. They they've knocked on the door a couple years. They've knocked on the door. It's time to go kick it in. Time to go kick the door. What say you, Alec? Yeah, no, I agree. They like <laughs> it's just so loaded and like. Westmore joked about like he joked after I think it was the Duke game he was like ah maybe I should retire because he's gonna miss these seniors this is the year like the team's gonna be good next year but you have Rana Perez Kai Crutchfield Kayla Jones Elisa Cunane go go win this because you're capable. You know what I think is super interesting about that. You know what I think is super interesting about that. I don't think that there will be a large drop off in terms of talent for next year. I, I don't think there will be. And hear me out. Hear me out. I know that, that to, it, it sounds crazy until you really dig into this thing now. Some of these players that are coming off the bench for us, they, in the stretches in which they play big minutes, have done really good things. They just haven't had big minutes. For example, Genesis Bryant. Remember last year when she needed to play big minutes? She looked really good. This year, it just hasn't been necessary because Diamond Johnson came in. Now, granted, there obviously Genesis is not the scorer that Reyna or Diamond is. But as far as a facilitator, as far as somebody who's going to be high, high effort, high energy, a potential spark plug off the bench, she has the makings of that. Madison Hayes, another player that does not play a ton for us, but when she does, you know she's going to get down in the stands. You know that it's not going to be easy getting by her. You know she's going to hit the Boris hard. She's going to do all the little things right. Isaiah James, another player that is, I'm just saying, Ernie Myers today in the radio broadcast said that she has all the makings of the next star in Raleigh. And Diamond Johnson's got, what, three more years of eligibility? Two or three? I want to say three. Like this. Two. Don't get me. Three, yeah, because last year didn't count. Sorry. Yeah, because the COVID year they get, and then and then you gonna have you gonna push Jada Boyd into the starting lineup, the team's leading shot blocker, who is already a six player of the year in ACC. I'm not saying that this team is gonna be the same. I'm not saying they're gonna be exactly the same, and we should expect uh, absolute sheer dominance the way that we do with this team. But I mean, listen. With a good recruiting class here, um, Wes, you might want to hold off on retirement talk because <laughs> you've built a great team and, and, and there's there's a lot there. And if we're talking about built, we also got to talk about built bar. It is the time of the year where most folks' New Year's resolutions have gone to the wayside. But guess what? Not this year. I'm sticking to mine. Because mine is about eating right and I'm doing so thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating these things. Have you tried Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, uh, banana cream pies, they're all so good. These things are going to be your new favorite if you haven't tried them already. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these. They're better. And typically a candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Now check out these macros. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar and you know that you're making the right choice. 
And if you're not talking about the puffs, you've got mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and for this month, new white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious with all new flavors coming out all the time. So go to build.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Alec, I told you before we, we got this thing rolling, I was going to ask you this question. Now tell me this. Football team coming up, everybody's saying, you know, we've, we've, I, I do feel like in some regards we have gone from hunter to hunted without ever actually winning a championship, which I think is a little weird. I think that's a little weird. I, I don't think that should ever be the case. And I think that we still should not be the favorites in the ACC yet until we've proven Hey, the rule is that we're going to be better than Clemson. The rule is that we're going to beat Wake Forest. Like, granted, losing to Corey Robinson is huge for them, but still need to prove that we can do that. But with that being said, a lot of people are comparing this team to uh, the the UNC team from last year that was super highly ranked coming in, and the bottom fell out, and they barely made a bowl this year. What do you th- what what say you on the matter? Are, are, do we have the makers of that team, or is it something different? Is this clearly this ain't that and that ain't this? I think what NC State has that you know we didn't necessarily see there is a defense. Like the defense is still going to be really, really, really good, and like you are getting pretty much everyone back there. There are some questions on the offensive side of the ball with the running backs gone and, and some offensive linemen and stuff, but all the talent on the defensive side of the ball and you have got back on the offensive side of the ball that are big, like, nah, I think, I think NC State is going to be very, very good in the fall. Okay, so let me ask you this, because I, I, I went through each, uh, each position group one by one, talking about which ones I was concerned about and which ones, uh, or all of them actually, how, how much I was concerned, scale of 1 to 10. And I, we don't have time for all of them, but just tell me, your most which group concerns you the most? Which group concerns you the least? And put a numeric value on it, one to ten. One being, there isn't a world where we don't see like five or six catastrophic injuries, and I'll be worried. Ten being, with everything standing as it is right now, I'm going to lose my gorgeous head of hair thinking about this position group. Go for it. Yeah, the one I'm most concerned about, I think, is the offensive line. Uh- you lose, obviously, Ikea Kwanu. We don't know about Chandler Zavala yet. Obviously, I didn't play the back half of, of the year with him anyway. Um, there's good guys back. Grant Gibson, Dylan McMahon, Bryson Spees. Like, you have some... Like, if you if Chandler Zavala is able to get, you know, win whatever it is he's fighting with the NCAA, that's huge. But I am most concerned about the offensive line. My concern's not crazy high on that like if we're going one to ten i think my concern level might be at like a five or a six like i'm not not convinced it's gonna you know hold up especially again having to replace your best offensive lineman and an up that was pretty good in zavala so there's concern it's not crazy concern the running backs are kind of right there too though i think the way everyone talked about demi sumo last year and what he was able to do and then you add um Michael Allen into that mix. Obviously, you have Jordan Houston. I think you'll be fine there. So, I will say the offensive line. On the other side of that concern, and the one thing here, I'll put it at a two only because injuries are a thing, but is the linebackers. Because the linebackers are insanely good. It's just, you know, obviously last year you didn't have the linebacking court you thought you were going to have because of injuries. So, that always is up a possibility. And 
you lose some of the depth there with like Levi Jones, but no, the linebackers I think are going to be. I'm not like that is the group I am super confident in. You know what's so interesting about the linebacking court that's coming in this year? I looked up and down our roster and I said, wait a minute now, I'm I'm I may be crazy here, but if you can get, uh, I believe Jordan Poole to yep. take some of the snaps away from the starting guys, away from the, your Peyton Wilsons and your Isaiah Moores, if he can do some of those same things, because I don't think that he has the ability to rush the passer that Peyton Wilson does. I don't, I don't think that that's there. But in terms of in coverage, in terms of coming downhill and run fits physically, physically, he's capable of all of it. I've seen the young man in person, very impressive, uh, physically, very impressive. You can look at him and say, like, you can pick him out of a, a, a group and say, ah, that, that, my friends, is a Mike linebacker in the ACC. He's not the tallest guy, but he looks like he was uh, chiseled out of a, a, granite, a giant chunk of granite. And so, and he's got this real thick neck, big legs, like he's, he's you know, he looks like he's been in the weight room for a while. But with that being said, again, this, this uh, linebacking core to me, after what we saw last year without uh, Isaiah Moore and Peyton Wilson, I couldn't give this thing any higher than a one. I Because I, I, I thought to myself, like, I, I mean, we've seen it with the injuries, and it's like, mm. And granted, like, that actually falls under the, all right, like, your two leading guys have catastrophic injuries. Like, all right, that's kind of not something that you expect. Like, that's, that's kind of in that realm of like, hey, this is something that is a little outlandish. And we were still good. Drake Thomas stepped up and filled in and said, oh, y'all don't know which way to go. I'll make it easy. Follow me. And so if we're expecting the same health from last year or better, again, I don't I don't see a world where I'm concerned about uh, about this yeah. group. The the one thing that did concern me about the defense, though, is our cornerbacks, of course, um, our, our outside corners in particular. I think we've got a, a very good nickel or very good nickels and safeties. I think we're very good there. But our outside corners – that Miami game was rough. It was really rough. And the crazy part is going into the Miami game, I uh, I was the the unofficial official co-host of a space of the the Twitter space uh, for the NC State pregame with with uh, Jonas Pope, and we talked about it before the game. I said the only way NC State loses this game is if our outside corners get absolutely slaughtered, and they did. They did. They made Rambo look like not just an all ACC guy. They made him look like he's first round, like this is the Jamar Chase reincarnate. And he's not that. He's not, objectively. No offense, Mr. Rambo. You're an excellent player. You're just not Jamar Chase. No offense. I, I don't think that's a bad thing to say. But anyway, um, that's the reality of what we got there. So thank you so much for coming out, Alec. I appreciate you every single time, man. Tell the folks where they can find your work. Yeah, Pack Pride, uh, just packpride.com, at Pack Pride on Twitter, at Alex Sawyer on Twitter. Again, the man does great work everywhere he, everywhere he goes. And again, if you need baseball coverage that is much more in-depth than, his name is Tommy White, he hits dingers. Go to Alec. <laughs> Go to Alec, okay? Wolfpack Nation, y'all make this show what it is. I appreciate y'all every single time you come out. Peace and love, y'all, and as always, Go Pack. You are Locked On NC State, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.